0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
3: All right, so this isn't going to be uh, great news for Rams fans out there. Not only did the Rams lose to the Seahawks on Sunday in embarrassing fashion, Jared Goff throwing a hideous interception before halftime. Well, he also broke his thumb. Yes, to add injury to a horrible outcome, right, losing to the Seahawks. So we don't know if he's going to be able to play next week. Troy Aikman, if you're watching the game, he was mentioning that when he was playing quarterback, he used to squeeze the ball pretty tightly, you know, use a tight grip. So depending on the grip that Jared Goff uses, this could really affect him. This could be a big deal. Um, so he might not be able to go. Now, this is uh, random. And this, anytime anybody talks about their own injuries, I feel like the audience collectively rolls their eyes like, here we go. Radio guy trying to relive his glory days over here. But I broke my thumb, right? I used to play quarterback in high school. Nothing fancy, okay? But um, after that, I had broken my thumb. I was just playing a pickup game of football and broke my thumb. And it looked like, now I know that broken thumbs vary, granted. But just take it for what it's worth. It looked like a portion of my thumb, like the bone itself, it's like there was a little island. <laughs> like the It broke, and there was a piece that was completely separated from the rest of the bone. And so what was weird is I could throw the football just fine. I could pick the ball up. I could throw it the same way. I could throw it with velocity. I could throw it with touch. It didn't bother me at all. And it was broken. They had to. I had surgery on my thumb. They put a plate in there, and they put six little screws attaching that little island bone to the rest of the actual bone just to reattach it so it de- it depends on exactly what jared goff has wrong with his thumb because you can have a broken thumb and depending on the severity and depending on how you grip the football you can get away with it you can still throw it just fine you're at further risk if you know you hit another Helmet like Jared Goff did initially to to break his thumb. So that's problematic. But it's possible that even with a broken thumb, he would be able to play. It's possible at least. Now, I don't know that it's likely. And if he doesn't play, this is not exactly something that's going to make you sleep well at night if you're a Rams fan. The backup quarterback is John Wolford. He's never attempted a pass in the NFL. He's never attempted one pass. And with the Rams facing Arizona next week, the Rams need to win. Need to win this game. So John Wolford, a couple of notes here. He's third in Wake Forest history in career passing yards. Now the very first thing I think of is the Denver Broncos practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback at Wake Forest. Remember that whole debacle? When Kendall Milton, is that who it was? I think. I'd have to Google search it, but, you know, whatever. We're in the ballpark, at least, if that's not right on the money. Kendall Hilton, I believe that's the guy. Hinton, Hilton, whatever. Uh, He didn't fare too well. Completed one pass against the Saints. It was not a work of art. And granted, John Wolford, a little bit better than that guy. But I can't help but think of the debacle with the Broncos based on John Wolford, the Rams backup, going to the same college as that Broncos practice squad wide receiver that had to fill in and play quarterback because all the quarterbacks were out due to contact tracing and COVID protocols and all that good stuff. So you also have this with John Wolford, who might have to step in for Jared Goff, who has a broken thumb. Apparently he has a really fast three-cone time. Yeah, that's... uh. That's, that's big right there. And also this, a Rams player described John Wolford and said, he reminds me of a smaller Fitzmagic. <laughs> Which... <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, hey, look, Fitz got it done against the Raiders. That was a work of art. That was a no-look pass for the ages against the Raiders as he was getting face-masked. So there is a good version of Fitzpatrick, right? There's the Fitz tragic version, right? So it, it could go either way. It could go either way, but reminds me of a smaller Fitzmagic. Oh, okay. All right. That's one of the assessments of John Wolford. So we'll see if he's behind center next week. I'll tell you this, Jared Goff, the way he's been playing lately, I don't want to go off the deep end and make it sound like a a guy that's never attempted an NFL pass out of Wake Forest, is on the same level as Jared Goff, I think that we can fall victim of thinking the backup guy, it can't be any worse, right? No, it can It can be way worse, really. Jared Goff has been a turnover machine as of late, and the tendency is to be like, put anybody in there. It can't be worse. Uh, it can be. It can be way worse. <laughs> it can. absolutely can, but the way Jared Goff is playing, he hasn't exactly set the bar really high. You know, so if worse comes to worse and he can't play and John Wolford has to go in there, it's not like he has to set the NFL world on fire to reach the same standard that we've seen from Jared Goff as of late. I'm Brian, no in for Big Ben, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, now I want to get to this as well a conspiracy theory that didn't quite pan out. So there've been a lot of conspiracy theories about tanking. We've heard this throughout most of the year. Oh, the Jets they're tanking for Trevor. They're t- did you see Did you see the uh all-out blitz that Greg Williams called against the Raiders? Huh? Did you see that they're trying to lose on purpose. They want Trevor Lawrence. We heard this throughout most of the year. And wow, what do you know? The Jets have won two straight games and have locked themselves out of the number one overall pick. It's impossible for them to get it now. The Jags will pick number one overall. And, of course, conspiracy theory guy or girl that's always on to the next thing. If you're like, well, hey, conspiracy theorist, uh, the Jets, they just won two straight games, so your conspiracy theory sucks. They don't say, you know what, I take the L. No, 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 it's on to the next conspiracy theory. Well, how about the Jags? How do we know that the Jags weren't tanking, right? How do we not know that, right? It's like, okay, so let's go down that road for a second. The Jags, just a couple of weeks ago, they went to overtime against the Vikings. They nearly won the game. If you're trying to tank and secure the number one overall pick, Why would you get the game into overtime where anything can happen? You would be better about intentionally kicking a game. You also have this on the Jags resume for anybody who says that they're intentionally losing. The week before that Vikings overtime game, they lost to the Browns by two points. They lost to the Packers by four points. They lost to the Titans by three points. They've played some close games. They've competed. They're trying to win. They won the first game of the year. If you're tanking for Trevor, why on earth would you win the first game of the year? They're trying to win. They're just really bad at winning. They're really bad. Like how Eddie has me like really low on the comedy totem pole, like the Jags are worse when it comes to winning. They're just awful at it. All right. But all of these conspiracy theories about tanking, and look at the Bengals. Another good example. The Bengals have won two straight games. They are plummeting with the NFL draft coming up next year. They've got the fifth overall pick right now. And that might not sound like a free fall, but that's significant. They've been tied to Panay Sewell, the stud offensive tackle out of Oregon. You've got Joe Burrow with this mangled knee, major injury. He needs some offensive line help, needs some protection back there. So they've been linked to Panay Sewell for months. And now, having won these last two games, having having beaten the Texans on Sunday, having beaten the Steelers last week, they, they now have the fifth overall pick. That might be too late to get Panay Sewell. So the point of this is, the Bengals aren't tanking. You just go on and on. Look at the Chargers. They've won three straight games. They now have the 12th overall pick. <laughs> they were not that long ago in the vicinity of, hey, maybe they can they can draft Panay Sewell. That would help Justin Herbert, former teammates at Oregon. He needs some more offensive line help. They're nowhere near getting Pene Sewell with the 12th overall pick. And guess what? They don't care. They don't care at all. So this idea that, oh, tanking for Trevor, teams just tanking left and right, intentionally trying to lose games, that's not the case. It's just a theory. It's not the reality. And I'll get this also. You'll hear some people saying, we got to tweak the NFL draft. We need a lottery, right? We need to, instead of the worst team, Picking first, let's just change this whole thing around. It's just silly to me. You don't need to do that. If you had what the NBA has, and you have teams that are basically proud to tank, there was a slogan with the Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process. Have you had anything remotely close from an NFL team doing the same thing? No would be the answer. Not even close. Have you had a team that came out and literally coined a catchphrase, trust the process, we're going to tank on purpose, get some high picks, and rebuild that way? That has never been the case. So this idea that, oh, oh, what, we have teams that are tanking left and right, as evidenced by who? The Jets winning two straight games and costing themselves the first overall pick? The Bengals winning couple of games in a row, costing them draft position. The Chargers winning three in a row, costing them draft position. Where's the evidence? The Jags, again, like I said, I rattled off their resume. They've competed. They've been in close games. They've just stunk at actually winning those games. It doesn't mean they're intentionally kicking those games. So you don't need to fix something that isn't broken. You don't need a draft lottery in the NFL at all. If you had team after team after team intentionally losing games, yeah, you would need that. That's not what we have. And the other point is this. What's odd to me is, (laughs) and funny at the same time, is that we complain a lot about tanking in the NBA. We don't like it. It's like, oh, here we go again with a team just disgracing the game, losing on purpose. You'll hear those conversations. A lot of fans feel that way. And then you look at the NFL, and you'll see teams giving real effort, trying to win games. And you could look at that and say, "I I don't know why you would. You're costing yourself draft position. You could be costing yourself Trevor Lawrence, who could be a stud for the next 15 years. Like It's okay to question it. I get questioning it, but if you hate tanking in the NBA, shouldn't a part of you love that there isn't tanking in the NFL, right, like, how can this all be negative, how can it be, what are the Jets doing, goodness, what are they thinking, there are a lot of fans saying that that aren't even Jets fans, (laughs) like, there are fans of... Name your team, the Dolphins, the Ravens, whoever, that are saying, what are the Jets doing over here? Why would that be your takeaway? If you're a Jets fan, fine. But if you are supposed to dislike tanking and your own team is not negatively affected by the Jets not tanking, why would you be ticked off? Why? It makes no sense. But that's what we get. It's so strange. It's like another universe going on here. We get all these fans. There's a lot of crossover. I'm an NBA fan. I'm an NFL fan. There are a lot of people like me out there. And there's such whining. Oh, gosh, more tanking in the NBA. Trust the process. Just a disgrace. Awful. And then the NFL teams don't tank, and it's like, why aren't you tanking? (laughs) What are you doing? It's weird. It's totally inconsistent. It's strange like that. All right, plenty more to get to. Hit me up on Twitter, at The No Show is where you can find me. Phones are down. Phones are down. Uh, contact tracing, COVID protocols, not just a part of the NBA or the NFL or any of the other sports or leagues. It's part of FSR as well. Just taking precautions, right? So Coop is working remotely, all good. Um, so the phones are down tonight. So hit me up on Twitter. And up uh, Mallor Militia, um, you know, if you're mean-spirited, that's fine. We'll read the tweets. Got to have thick skin over here. I get it. As a fill-in host, got to have thick skin. Um, but if you um, if you tweet some stuff that's stupid, I'm going to clown you too. You know, if you spell without with using two words, I'm, I'm going to talk trash right back. That's how it works. That's how we're going to do it. All right, plenty more to get to. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. Sometimes the right strategy doesn't work. I'll explain. I'm Brian, though. In for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: We need to grow the Mavler Militia. This is the program of the people, by the people, for the people. Let's help bring new listeners to the Magic Radio Box As we burn the midnight oil, if you'd like to help, please just post messages about the Ben Maller Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all other social media. Word-of-mouth advertising is invaluable. And I'm live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. In for Ben Maller, it's Brian No.
3: You know, Eddie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who's less funny? Is it me or is it Chris Plank? Wow.
4: Furries Uh. kept begging him for basically
8: sex. That is uh, that's a that's an even race, I would say.
3: <laughs> Who's less funny? Is it me or is it Steve Desager?
8: Oh, it's Steve Desager.
3: <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one because I just want to get the reaction. Who's less funny? Me or Jonas Knox?
8: You are less funny than Jonas.
3: I Knox. know. I say, like, but you composed yourself right there. Like I know, I'm less funny than Jonas Knox. Jonas is funny, I know that. I just wanted to see. I wanted to see. You know, you well, you ha- also
8: have to include all of the be- behind the scenes shenanigans of Jonas Knox. Oh yeah, because that
3: is yeah. off the charts. People, he's got a I mean, leg up on me. How oh are you supposed man. to be? How are you supposed to be behind the scenes funny when you work work well, remotely? It's a, you know? it's a fair that point. sounded really inappropriate.
8: It's it's a fair point. Jonas is f- a filthy human being off the air. <laughs> you have no idea,
3: ladies and gentlemen. Can I be honest with you? I'm a whore. (laughs) Yeah, and that's funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. Oh, so could this be the case? Could it possibly be that the people working remotely, and there are a lot of us, right? Plank works remotely. Arnie works remotely. I work remotely. There are a lot of people. Um, Could it be that we are, are sneaky funny, but you would never know? You would never have any idea. It's possible, yeah.
8: I, I will okay. concede that. It's possible.
3: With, like, you know, Plank and Arnie and those guys. Not me. Not me, because you've, you know, you've accurately portrayed me as a non-funny man. Right?
8: Like I said, I, I don't, I mean, is this comedy the comedy channel? I, this is the sports channel. I, I'm not, right. yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying you can't be funny in your own way. Like, Ben's not funny. I mean, he's funny because of the, the ridiculous stuff he says.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah,
8: but he's not really cracking jokes either. I, you know, I don't know who the funniest guy is on our network. Like someone that just is really good at. Uh, at that's telling... a
3: good point. I thought Jay Moore was really funny when he was. Well, around. I mean, he better right. be. Yeah, but but <laughs> who would it be? Comedian, I mean, come on. Who, that's a good. That's a good question. Who is the funniest host on Fox Sports Radio right now? I
4: think you are onto something in that there is kind of a a trend through a lot of sports media where we feel like we have to be funny, you know. Just a lot of the shows out there, where we just want to crack wise on it. But
3: yeah. So who do you think it is, Chris? Who's the funniest mm. host on Fox Sports Radio right now? Well,
4: I've worked with quite a few of them. That's right. why you're a good person to
8: ask. Yeah,
4: exactly. yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking right now. Jonas is in the running. Jonas is absolutely in the running. Just to watch his reactions sometimes when we get calls off the rails, like on pro wrestler porn star. Uh. This is going to. Rob Parker can't be on there. As much as I love Rob, he's my guy, but uh,
3: some of his jokes are just absolutely
4: painful sometimes.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Now that I'm thinking about it, Eddie, I don't feel as badly about myself. We're not a, I'm glad. a bunch of yeah. stand up comedians here, yeah. you know? Yeah.
8: This is an unfunny network.
3: It is. It's very <laughs> unfunny. I think, I think,
8: honestly, at least for our show, I think the support staff is kind of where the funny comes in, especially with Ben, because we like to, you know, poke him and. Make fun of him. And yeah, Ben's a
3: straight guy. I think uh, yeah.
8: I think the, the people enjoy that.
3: Yeah, I think Roberto is funny. I think
8: uh, Roberto is hilarious, and mostly because he laughs at everything. That's he thinks right. everything's. He's. I've never seen him in a bad mood. If he came in in a bad mood, I'd be like, "Oh my god, something really awful has happened." Because he's just always smiling and always laughing.
3: I think, uh, and I don't know where you stand on this, but I think Danny G has a good sense of humor. Would you agree with that? It's okay. I think Coop has a good sense of humor well you know he's usually high so he's you know <laughs> you're just taking a blowtorch to the network man i love this eddie garcia after dark ladies and gentlemen this is great this is a rare treat treat from you here now um did you watch the raiders dolphins game on I saturday did, did
8: it- i did my god was that insane
3: how about Fitzpatrick's no look throw? Like to complete uh, that, most ball amazing
8: is, play I've ever seen.
3: That's Seriously. off the charts. Seriously, it How was does a he combination doing this. It was a combination of rotten defense and an amazing throw by Fitz. It can be both, it really was a combination.
8: But just, I mean, he never saw it.
3: How does he even get anything
8: <laughs> on it when his head is being ripped off?
3: <laughs> I know it was insane. And the Dolphins. I, I don't know. Look, man. I don't know if you're in with all these tiebreakers and scenarios. It's like, dude, there's a lot to this stuff. But if the <laughs> Dolphins lost that game, I they would be on the outside looking into the playoffs I, right I now. I have
8: to share something else, uh, behind the scenes. So I, I do you know about this high stakes fantasy football
3: league that Clay Travis has gotten us in? I see a bunch of tweets about it, and I'm like, yeah. good Lord, what are we looking at here?
4: He, like He was bragging that he put all your guys' bonuses in that or yes, something.
8: Yes, he did. We, well, we agreed to it. He didn't just do it without our permission. We all agreed to let him put our Christmas bonuses on the line, and we did come out ahead because we won the first week, but we're done now. We were going for third place. It could have doubled our Christmas bonus, but that's not going to happen. But anyway, so <laughs> we have Josh Jacobs in our fantasy oh, team.
3: no, and he went down and at the he one. He went
8: down at the one, and Roberto- was just blowtorching oh, him on, no. on the – on the we had the big tweet thing going on. Yeah. or twi- I always get a text thing. I get him – I sorry, I confuse him. Yeah. Group chat. We had the group text going on, and Roberto was just – and then when they lost, he was like, <laughs> that's what you get. That's what you get when you don't
3: go for the touchdown. He, he was just – oh, he was so upset. Now, I wanted to get back to this Raiders-Dolphins game because I find this fascinating. This is the most convenient second guess of all time. It's not just Roberto. My guy, technical producer, right? I get it. Burned him with fantasy football. Josh Jacobs did the smart thing, went down at the one-yard line, ran the clock down more and more and more and more, and then all of a sudden that strategy blew up in the face of the Raiders. I caught a tweet from Adam Schefter as well. He simply tweeted, Raiders played for the field goal. Raiders lost by a field goal. And there are a lot of people thinking that way. Like, what are they doing not scoring a touchdown? You always score the touchdown. Why didn't you score the touchdown? Let's look at it this way. First off, it was sound strategy. But it was awful execution. John Gruden, his strategy made sense. It was hideous defense. They left a guy wide open. There's 19 seconds to go. The Dolphins are backed up to their own 25-yard line. And somehow, Mac Hollins is wide open. So wide open, Fitzpatrick, who's getting yanked down by his face mask, which added 15 yards on top of this, he throws this no-look pass to a wide-open Mac Hollins, and it's completed. How you blow a coverage in that scenario is beyond me. It's on the defense. It's not on the strategy. Think about this also. The Dolphins were conceding the touchdown. The Dolphins wanted the Raiders to score. They weren't playing defense. If they could have like scooped up Josh Jacobs and thrown him into the end zone, they would have done that. That's what they wanted. They wanted to work with more time on the clock. Instead, they were left with 19 seconds to play. That should be ball game every time and the Raiders defense blew it it's the best comparison I can make if you've ever played Texas Hold'em sometimes you can make the right decision but the outcome doesn't go your way it happens all the time if you're playing Texas Hold'em and you get dealt pocket aces if you go all in pre-flop with the best hand that's the right strategy But you know as well as I do, sometimes aces get cracked and you don't win the hand. That doesn't then mean it was the wrong strategy. It just means it didn't work out. But this idea that because it didn't work out for the Raiders and their defense completely blew it. We're talking blowing it to an epic level. Like a historic blow. I better censor myself here. This is going to be a drop here historic botch job over here by the Raiders' defense, right? Because that happens, a lot of people are then circling back and saying, well, the strategy, strategy was all wrong. The Raiders basically went all in with pocket aces and had their aces cracked. If you don't look sideways at the guy at the poker table saying, what are you doing going all in with pocket aces, idiot? If you don't say that there, why are you saying it with the Raiders who gave the Dolphins 19 seconds to work with. It's insane to me. You see this all the time in football. How many times does the right strategy produce an outcome that is unwanted? If you're down, I'll just random scenario here. You're down by four points. There are 30 seconds left in the game. You just scored. You have no timeouts. What do you do? Of course you're kicking onside. Right? Like you go for an onside kick. So if you don't recover the onside kick, what it was the wrong strategy? Like this idea of if the results don't go your way, automatically, wrong strategy. That's silly thinking. I agree mostly with Derek Carr. Now he went a little bit too far. He was like, It was perfect, it was perfect, it was perfect, it was perfect. What Gruden did, his strategy, flawless. Like you can nitpick it. You could say, Hey Maybe go for a touchdown on third down. If you don't get the touchdown, you know, uh, okay. You run the time off the clock and you play it that way. Uh, Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Instead of taking a knee on third down, all right. I've heard this also where, hey, Derek Carr, he could have kind of wasted a little bit more time, like kind of wandered around until a Dolphins defender was close enough to touch him down. okay. Makes a little bit of sense if you go back and watch that play. Kyle Van Noy is screaming along the edge. You would have burned one more second off the clock. Okay, but if that's your second guess, fine. All right. I just, this is the ultimate. And I always say this. This is the golden rule of second guessing. You need to be first guessing to also be second guessing. Meaning this, before you have access to the results, before Ryan Fitzpatrick completes the no-look pass of all time, right? Like, that is on a poster somewhere of a crazy no-look pass. Before Fitzpatrick did that, and before the Raiders blew the coverage, and before Arden Key committed a personal foul face mask penalty, before any of that, before you knew anything, you were sitting there yelling at your TV Like, fantasy football aside, right? You're just looking at it from a strategic standpoint. You're not gambling. You're not, like, it's not the point spread. It's not fantasy football. You're just looking at strategy. What is the best strategy to use to get you closer to a win? I'm supposed to believe that when the Raiders took the lead and the Dolphins have 19 seconds to go, you're still yelling at your TV saying, What are you doing, Gruden? Why would you do this? You're an idiot. Really? I'm supposed to believe that. And the only way your second guess is credible is if you're doing that before you have access to the result. And I know you weren't. That's the thing. Unless you had your fantasy football championship riding on Josh Jacobs, or you had the Raiders covering the spread, or whatever. Like Now all of a sudden, you've got some skin in the game, like, your perception is altered if you're just looking at strategy. The Raider strategy was just fine, just fine. You have to play better defense, and don't commit a face mask penalty that gets them 15 yards closer. Like, if you don't let Mac Hollins wide open along the sideline, and that's an incomplete pass, like you had what 12 seconds left? 12 seconds left at your own 25? No timeouts? You're done. Like, you need a miracle at that point. Everybody knocking Gruden's strategy as if it didn't make any sense. Knocking it doesn't make sense. I sound like I'm Gruden's nephew over here. I'm not. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. Miami, I was sitting there watching the game whining. Like, oh my gosh. It was a bad pass interference call on Byron Jones, in my opinion. I do not think it was pass interference. But the Raiders had the ball at the Dolphins' 22-yard line. Not much time left. On first down, they gained seven yards. And that's when the whining started from me. I'm like, ah, oh, too much yardage. You can't give up that much yards right there. You can't give up that many yards. English failed me right there. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I'm like, you can't give up that many yards. Too much! If you, if you give up a first down, you have no timeouts left. They're just going to milk the clock. You're going to have no time left. I was sitting there like, you're going to have around 20 seconds left? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And then when they conceded the touchdown, I'm like, that's the only thing they can do. That's their only hope. And Josh Jacobs did the smart thing sliding down at the one. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're screwed. They have virtually no chance now. And the unthinkable happened, and now all these armchair quarterbacks turn into second-guessers, like, oh, gosh, horrible, horrible, horrible strategy. You take the touchdown every single time. As if the Raiders don't have the 29th scoring defense in football heading into that game. As if they're not giving up 30 points per game. As if Fitzpatrick wasn't already carving them up, coming into the game cold as he was holding a clipboard backing up Tua. As if none of those things were true. All of those things were true ridiculous. I'll tell you what, bad logic fires me up. To come at Gruden's throat like that was some hideous strategy is just painfully stupid logic. It is. It is. But go ahead, tweet me, at the no show. Love to hear from you. If you're like, bring Ben back, get this no guy out of here who's backing faulty strategy. It's like, no, no, no. It It was sound strategy. It was poor execution. Play some defense, and you win the game. Play a little bit, like a, a smidge of defense, and you win that game. Strategy was fine. All right, coming up next. Man, there is one team that has a big-time decision to make that is partially tied to the game I was just talking about. I'll get to that. I'm Brian Though in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of The Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president.
6: And then you have China.
8: Only a few rare birds are able to listen to all four hours. The Ben Maller Show live overnight. But thanks to podcasting, you have no excuse to miss a second of our unorthodox chatter. Subscribe to the Ben Maller Show podcast on iTunes and give us five stars. It's quick, painless, and noise management. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No.
3: Thank you, Eddie Garcia. Now, I've got to run something by you here. You look at the Dolphins and they're going to start Tua Tungavailoa again. That's what Brian Flores is going with. I don't, I don't mind that. He's like, hey, if we need to go to the relief pitcher in Fitzmagic, that's what we'll do. I think that makes sense. Are you on board with that? Do you think they should start Fitzmagic no, from the get? go I
8: agree with you. I'm on board with that. I, I think yeah. uh, Fitzpatrick is fine coming off the bench as we saw against the Raiders. I I think Tua is fine with it if he knows he's not getting the job done. I don't, I I love the way they were kind of supporting each other there uh, at the end of the game. I guess it's easy to do when the guy wins the game for you, but I mean I think I think it's sincere. I I think they're you know I mean Tua yeah. kind of gets the backup thing when he was at Alabama too, right? When he was yeah. playing with with Jalen Hurts, so he's he understands that. I, I I think it's the right move. I think you start Tua, uh, and if you have to go to the relief pitcher, you you know it's a it's not that bad of a situation.
3: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. Now, if you spin this thing forward, what's also interesting, the Dolphins right now, Eddie Garcia, thanks to the Laramie Tunsil trade, the Dolphins get the Texans' first and second round picks in the upcoming draft. They have right now the number three overall pick. And I think this, I'm curious what you think about it, but I think if they really love a quarterback prospect – Let's say they fall in love with Zach Wilson out of BYU, just for the sake of argument. If they are really, really high on a QB prospect, I say take him. I say take the guy because we all know this. Quarterback's the most important position in football, especially in the NFL. And you might get a quarterback prospect that turns out to be a better quarterback than Tua you might get a QB prospect that's much better than Tua I don't know I haven't closed the book on Tua working out or not it's an unknown at this point but I look at a team like the Chiefs and look at what they did they hit the lottery they had Alex Smith who was serviceable he led the league in passer rating right and yet they still went out and got Mahomes and he's turned in to be an absolute stud I think that for a team that's won 10 games already, when's the next time the Dolphins are going to be this high in the NFL draft? So it's contingent on if you really love a prospect and he's right there when you're selecting, take him. I think that's what they should do. Do you agree with that? Or do you think I'm full of hot air and they should address other positions? No, I
8: I, I I, think they should address other positions right now. You've you've used the the number one pick on the quarterback. you got to give him a couple of years before you decide to look elsewhere. Yeah.
3: <sighs> I don't know, man. I look at uh, look at the Eagles right now too. They went with Wentz with the number two overall pick and traded a lot to get up to get that guy. And look at the Cardinals. It, <laughs> I mean, it, it did work yeah. out
8: for them. Yeah, the although, Cardinals. Yeah, although yeah, I'm one. not completely convinced, Kyler Murray is. You know, I mean, he's definitely uh, better than Josh Rosen. Yeah.
3: Sure, he yeah, gives
8: you a chance, but I he he's still got some rough patches. Yeah, too.
3: yeah, he's inconsistent. But you're better off. You're better off instead of saying, well, hey, we spent the number nine overall pick or tenth. Or I can't remember what it was. For Josh Rosen, it was one of those, nine or ten. Uh, but, w- hey, we're going to stick with this. Like, you could have gone that direction, and they would have been worse off. They're better off with Kyler Murray. Maybe the Dolphins would be better off with a, a Zach Wilson if he's there at number three overall. You like
8: Zach Wilson that much?
3: I, I mean, I'm just saying if they do. There, yeah. There's not a quarterback prospect. I don't love Justin Fields. I don't either. That much to go number three overall. Like Zach Wilson could be the real deal, but it's then again, all I, Then Bela. again, I
8: didn't like Josh Allen. I saw him play a lot, so yeah, you never
3: know. I know it. and Now the Broncos are, some fans are like, why don't we get Josh Allen, right? It's, it's crazy like that. So unless you are convinced Tua is the guy, if you aren't convinced, I say take another stab at it. It's the most important position.